0: hello and welcome to found one queer life with matt
1: and kt hey y'all i'm kt and i'm a gender queer who uses they them their pronouns and i knew i was queer this week when uh there was a stray cat outside and we couldn't take it in because we already have too many
0: yeah it's a struggle yeah Hi, I'm Nat. I'm a queer who uses she, her, hers pronouns, and I knew I was queer, specifically fashionably queer, when I bought a new jean jacket. And you've got it on. And I will wear it for the rest of my life, even in my sleep. Okay. <laughs> so Found One is a podcast that talks about queer life and its many variations. In pop culture, in sports, news, academics, and pretty much everything else. We're hoping to fill the gap of queers talking about queers for queers with wit and honesty. Today we have our patented news roundup. Oh yeah. And then we'll do a couple of discussions, some focusing on marriage equality across the generations, facing adulthood, and sexual education. Let's talk about sex, babe. Be. let's talk about we're not singers no we're not <laughs> all right so talk to me about what's in the news Nat. so this is breaking news da 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 as of like an hour ago when we're recording so it's gonna be like a solid less breaking news when it actually comes out yeah, yeah okay, okay, okay anyway okay. um <laughs> the department of justice or the u.s justice department has said that hb2 in north carolina the bathroom bill violates the federal civil rights act um so yes and
1: but however what are the implications of that they can say any, everything and anything all they want right
0: but tell they, me why that's important So, the Department of Justice is saying, North Carolina, you need to tell us what you're going to do by Monday, May 9th, because if you decide to keep HB2, then we're going to take away all your funding you get for your public schooling, which amounts to $861 million, million dollars. One million dollars. Time, 861. Okay, listen. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway hopefully this will really make pat mccrory repeal (sighs) dick Cole, matt mccrory (laughs) pat mccrory whatever repeal house bill Two. it's a really good sign sort of in my opinion he has till may 9th so we have a very definite timeline Mm -hmm. um so we'll definitely have news about this coming in and that's that's good to hear the Wheels are in motion. The wheels are in motion!
1: Woo! I think the other uh, very, very important thing to note is the future implications of the U.S. Justice Department mm-hmm. saying this. Um, this means that other states are not going to be able to mess around they're not i mean they they're yeah. just watching they are watching they're watching this happen and they're seeing the u.s justice department say listen we will pretty much put you into bankruptcy if you do this if you try this any right. of this crap exactly and so i mean they can't do it or the same thing's going to happen to them and they know it
0: yeah so. they they made a statement and we have tweeted out the letter that Governor McCrory got from the Justice Department on our Twitter. And what is our Twitter, KT?
1: Uh, our Twitter is at found1podcast. Sweet deal.
0: Next story? Definitely. So I think you're going to take the lead on the next story, talking about Target specifically and, well, more specifically, the backlash against Target. Yes. Um. So <clears throat> if you haven't had your head in the sand, <laughs> uh,
1: you have seen that Target has – specifically stood up for um lgbt people um with this bathroom bill banana crap um (laughs) basically they have put out i guess a memo throughout their entire company Mm -hmm. that says you can use whatever bathroom you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. and so um i guess as a private business in north carolina they basically made their store a safe space and this is not just
0: targets in north carolina though right exactly no the targets is all across the u.s yeah that would be silly just
1: oh just <laughs> the target branches <laughs> everywhere else we're going to be prejudiced uh no <laughs> um but that's not so that's not uh, impressive or cool or whatever to me it's i'm like, like the yay basic, yay for them what you were is a
0: basic human that yeah. did a good thing <laughs> you are basic bitches
1: um yeah. <laughs> but anyway uh what's funny or more mm-hmm. newsworthy or just talk about worthy at all are the all of these crazy people crazy religious i'm not sure if they've all been christians so far or just crazy religious people mm-hmm. coming out of the woodwork all of those freaking hate preachers walking into targets and getting themselves thrown out there was one memorable guy in chicago more memorable than the mm-hmm. others because there have been a slew so it's kind of become very it's they've kind it's of really stood like it's out
0: trendy among the old white preacher man
1: yeah i hate preacher man <laughs> group but uh, the one guy in chicago um it's their did s- of my
0: jean jacket
1: oh god <laughs> um he c- caused such a commotion and such a mm-hmm. scare that people in chicago thought they had an
0: active shooter in a yeah. target like what hell was he doing it's just ridiculous because they're making these targets more of an unsafe space than like the people that they're trying to rally against yeah um and they're very ridiculous it's your basic hate preacher um i will say if you're looking for the videos it can be triggering they do say some pretty um hateful and religious stuff just a side remark on that but it's just or if you like to hate watch
1: these sort of videos, yeah, you're awesome. the
0: hate watcher. I'm not the hate watcher of the couple, um, but they are great for hate watching. It's just, I'm like, why are you choosing this as your battle, bro? That's the whole yeah. thing I can think of when I'm watching these. I'm like, you're wasting your time. Why is this you're your wasting battle? My time. People just want to shop in Target because Ooh. it smells good. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: come on, let them shop with their popcorn smell. Yeah. No, it's that it is. Uh, a f- funny bit about the videos is like people. in there was one specific video. A guy was started in like the baby section, which, which I don't, so. I don't know what that was about. If he was trying to make a statement, or if that's just where the video, sh- um, camera mm-hmm. person found the guy first. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he's walking along, and people are like, shut, "Shut up!" up. Like just so exasperated. away, leave. Like people just want to get. There's stuff from Target and get out, you know, like it just makes me Mm -hmm. what that more than anything makes me feel better about humanity. It's like most people are just like, please go away. You are so annoying. Like people are so incredibly apathetic and just mm -hmm. just don't like literally just
0: apathetic to the point of. Please stop Trumps ruining my Republican life. Candidate as well. Yeah, that's true. But it also makes me feel better about buying twenty dollars shoes at Target this yeah, weekend. Yeah, so definitely. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Next news story. Last news story of this news roundup. For sure. Let's go. We'll be talking about tobacco now. Woo! Woo! Why? Wait. The did, FDA. Did, wait. Did you start smoking again without me? No. Oh. Though it always gets harder around this time of year. Yeah. But no, I won't start smoking again. So the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, has announced that it's going to launch an ad campaign to try and reduce smoking rates among LGBT um, young adults. Now, why is this important? This is an important one because LGBT people, especially young adults, smoke a lot more than their heterosexual and cisgender counterparts. Now,
1: why is that, do you think?
0: I have many reasons. One of them, and the slimiest of them all, is that tobacco companies were specifically advertising to LGBT people. When? Um, so tobacco companies have a really large history, long history, not large, um, long, large and long. Um, Whoa. They have it's a history a really
1: strange path and I
0: don't like of it. advertising to minorities they are very good advertisers and they're very manipulative. And they're like, okay, we're going to prey on minorities. So you can look back in time and see tobacco companies um, really hit women hard. And then they really hit African Americans hard. And then in the 90s, they launched this thing called Project Scum where they were specifically creating advertisements um, for gay and homeless people. Project Scum. Like that's what they thought of LGBT people. Hmm. Um, and a lot of it was like, your family won't accept you, but we will have a cigarette. And so um, there was wow, that. Wow, you sounded so happy. <laughs> That's what I think tobacco executives sound like when they realize how much money they have, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> but they would do that, and then they would go to bars, and they would give out a free sample of cigarettes. I have I mean, every I've been offered cig- free cigarettes at gay bars and clubs before. Really? Yeah, all oh. the time, especially where we're from, where I'm from yeah from different places um so they had all these different campaigns and they were really really successful um and then also smoking is associated with stress and being a queer youth is stressful and so I really really admire the FDA saying, wow this is a problem and we acknowledge that tobacco companies have done this and so we're gonna shovel almost you know forty million dollars yeah into this ad campaign called this free life which is supposed to reduce smoking among LGBT youth I have not watched the ad I don't have any um really remarks on specifically that. And you know I'm not the biggest awareness person campaign, but anti-smoking ads tend to be effective. Yeah. Um and I just I really enjoy the fact that the FDA has specifically chosen LGBT people yeah. as a population to target because that's not that doesn't happen very often. No. Um it's, spef- re- it's like they've
1: realized, "Oh shit, we have totally and completely overlooked this
0: predatory pra- practice." Right. And the fact that LGBT people are only Health disparity is not HIV. Like, we have very, very, very many health disparities, and people are just realizing it. And it's, like, blowing their mind. I'm like, it's about effing time. Um, So I I was really happy to read this news, and I can't wait to share it with some of my friends, because I know they're going to find it interesting, too. Oh, my gosh. You
1: are such a nerd.
0: Anyway. (laughs) Academia. Okay, so I guess we're finished with our news roundup and we're going to start our discussion section. And when we were talking about this podcast, planning it out, you came up with this really, really good idea um, talking about how marriage equality means or it was experienced differently by different generations. And, and of, will continue to and be. And will continue to be. And I want you to start off talking a little bit about what you were telling me when you are pitching this idea.
1: Oh, yeah. Um. So I originally started thinking about how marriage equality was experienced. I mean, I uh, experienced differently um, by different people in the community, obviously, for a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, dating back to when we still had equality. But I was reminded of it specifically. Um, we went to uh, one of your little academic get-together thingies. Mm-hmm. And uh, a professor Um. Who seemed, you know, middle aged, older. Um, she looks older than she is. Oh, uh, okay. Well, middle yeah. aged, whatever. Yeah. Um, basically, just older than us. Mm-hmm. Um, by a good, at least a decade.
0: I would say probably fifteen years older. These are really, really these are super facts,
1: Natalia. Um, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So t- I was telling her about when we got married Mm -hmm. um we tried to plan our our ceremony around when we thought the supreme court was going to pass the law Mm -hmm. anyway so that we could just you know nicely tie it up in a bow and just be like yay queerness Mm -hmm. all june everything yay um and we missed by two weeks and Mm -hmm. her uh her comment was you know about friggin time mhm um and it made me it reminded me that she spent more than just her youth and your, her young adulthood with this right. being a fact she wasn't queer
0: herself but obviously she was aware and mm-hmm. thought it was stupid um, right. I mean, when she was getting married, there was never the thought in her mind that marriage equality might suddenly pop up. Exactly. In contrast to, like, when we were getting married, we were counting on it. Yeah. We We knew that even if it didn't pop up within the month, it would pop up within the year of us yeah. getting married. Yeah. Um. And you brought up this really interesting point about how, you know, there are people who live their whole lives married together and, you know – 30 years later, 40 years later, was able to have marriage equality. And then there were us who yeah. lived most of our lives thinking marriage equality isn't a thing, marriage equality isn't a thing. And then as we got closer and closer and our relationships developed into more serious relationships, marriage equality also developed into a more serious thing. Yes. And so, like, our serious prospect of marriage coincided really well for, yeah, you know, ex- marriage equality becoming a thing.
1: Yeah. They were, it was concurrent for us. And so right. – It wasn't as, it probably wasn't as stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I didn't feel as second-class
0: citizen-y as I could have. Um, It bothered me more in high school, but then once I also became more aware of what politics were, because I wasn't, you know, a 14-year-old weirdo anymore, (laughs) like... For me, it was so realistic that marriage equality was going to happen, not yeah. only in my lifetime, but in my, like, young adulthood. Exactly. That it was a lot less stressful for me. Exactly. And then you have people who are even younger than us, you know, like, you know, people who are 10, 12 years younger than me now in high school, who, like, that's just life for them. They're, yeah. There's always marriage equality. They were like, they basically, uh,
1: you know, one of the big events from their childhood that they're going to probably not even remember but mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh this happened when i was a kid yeah was marriage equality and for them they're gonna go through high school with
0: they're this gonna extra develop all their serious relationships knowing that one day it could end up with them getting married exactly oh my gosh that how how does that change right them that could
1: be crazy to look at um just because you know what for me i knew i i I specifically didn't put as much into my relationships in terms of longevity, mm-hmm. like at least the way I thought about them um, before you, right? But I think it was, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, <laughs> uh, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I didn't, I didn't think I had the ability, right? Um, and so. You know, these these kids coming up now, these LGBT youth coming up now, are
0: are going to have that option. Like, there's no... They know their relationships can end in marriage. Like, there's no way around it. They It can end in marriage. Yeah. Obviously, there's, like, financial barriers and, you know, all that kind of stuff that go along with marriage. And I totally understand that. But, like, for the most part, your typical queer youth knows that. Yeah, yeah. Kid...
1: Exactly. And, and then, I mean, you know even just with the money they could elope they could do whatever they want well i'm talking more about like disability benefits oh, and that okay. kind
0: of stuff I see, I see
1: um i understand now but mm-hmm. yeah but they, but they can they can
0: right get married
1: and so i feel like this even will help lgbt youth um fight back against bullies and people that are trying to
0: mess with them like uh, no, we're a thing. You're an ignorant idiot. Yeah. I also think it's going to help a lot with, like, the internalized part of it all, the internalized homophobia and that kind of stuff in healthy relationships. Like, I really think it has an impact on... You know what? Maybe there's a little bit more momentum towards healthy relationships now because it's not as much hiding it it's not as much well it's never going to be seen as valid you know it's always going to be a second class relationship and so forth i mean i don't i obviously don't think it's the solution to unhealthy relationships in youth but i do think it could have a positive impact on that and we're also going to touch a little bit on this in the sex ed part i think yeah no. but like it's just a positive thing to see that you can have a married relationship with someone yeah and at obviously such a, at such a yeah. young age and obviously there are these huge debates about marriage but i feel like when you're 14 you're not debating marriage no. at 14 you just want to dream about like your you know your little wedding and the firecrackers and the fireflies and all that stuff yeah.
1: yeah you know not not a, you know sort of conform
0: mm-hmm. you
1: just want to be not completely an outcast right being able to have something that seems as normal as getting married Mm -hmm. is i feel incredibly important
0: i do wonder when we're going to see that sort of like there are people who really idiotic people but there are people who think that like interracial marriage was just always a thing and not just something that came about in the 60s you know Mm. like interracial marriage is is something (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) But, like, there are people who forget that it was really recently that interracial marriage was illegal. Yeah. Um, Because we've just normalized it so much. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, hatred that still goes towards interracial couples. But a lot of – but it is also normalized. You – don't think oh i'm not gonna get rejected so yeah. forth. this might be different in the deep south what do i know um <laughs> it's true but I, I just wonder when that time is going to come for um gay marriage because i would say even the generation below us is still gonna feel that a little yeah that this is so new and you know yeah. people are still i mean people still want to you know get certain places to deny it and so forth um so when when will we see this change yeah and i always the one thing i always want And we have conversations like this, and this is when it reminds me of it the most. But I really – I miss elders. Like, I miss having an elder in the community Mm -hmm. um, because I want to know more their perspectives, how Mm -hmm. they view youth. And um, For my job, I've been talking to a lot of older um, queer people, and just to see their perspective on youth is really interesting to me. And I don't always agree with it, but – they have a perspective and they've lived through a history that I will never have to live through, yeah. thankfully. And I just, I want to hear their voices more. I really want to he- hear LGBT elders' voices more. And I think that's something as a community we need to do a better job of.
1: I agree. I mean, I agree. I I think for me, um, and we can, we can sort of segue this into our um, next segment as well, um, I'm going to have to try really hard mm-hmm. not to be that jaded, older, cynical queer. Like you don't know how good you have it, right? You know, I mean, I feel as though that happens to us, and I can, I can already feel that sort of like sting of being um, just <laughs> a negative Nancy,
0: right? I think my jaw makes makes it harder for me to do that mostly because I constantly stare at numbers that are like things are still terrible for queer youth yeah oh and so um but I do think it's something we all have to be conscious of because everyone's lived experiences are valid and things are still going to be really shitty for queer youth like as we've said many times throughout all our podcasts yeah you know marriage equality doesn't solve everything for a lot of people it it doesn't solve shit
1: no yeah it doesn't solve homelessness it doesn't solve um rejection rejection it doesn't yeah so,
0: yeah. <sighs> well, we ended that on a really happy note. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but let's slightly transition, and, you know, this goes well with marriage, about talking about facing adulthood as a queer and just facing adulthood in general. I think that's been a space that I'll, both you and I have been a lot lately.
1: Yeah, we are both of us in our brains have been there, we've been looking forward. And we're, much less looking back,
0: ready to push the fast forward button on our lives, and like sort of reach this pinnacle, wow, pinnacle of adulthoodness <laughs> that is sold to us as I think this United States citizens. Pinnacle, yeah.
1: Pinnacle
0: But did you just pinnacle, sweetheart? Yeah, I know. Okay, yes. But anyway, adulthood, KT. Anything to add? Uh,
1: that was adulting just now, right? Making fun
0: of you
1: for that word oh my goodness no um but i i feel uh facing
0: adulthood what are we talking queer... about specifically with adulthood because um, like for... i'm gonna be a child forever well, you're gonna be a child forever oh, yes, but there's like these you. specific like we, like owning a home and having a family and Exa- having a child well, okay thank you for answering <laughs> your own question well you answer what now. Um, <laughs> now what is adulthood katie Um
1: both of us mm-hmm. have been thinking about um, specifically the ch- the having children part is where I get hung up.
0: And, I think I'm more in the I want a home. Um, I want to settle. But I'm a much more of a I want to settle person than you are. Yeah. And just a side note before we continue, if this is okay. I just want to sort of give a forewarning that this is probably going to be a conversation that comes from a space of privilege.
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Because lot, we are going to – A lot of to, privilege. Yeah.
0: We are – I mean, I'm in a PhD program. You're about to be in a master's program. Currently, we don't have any debt. Like, yeah. we are able to have this conversation because the world has worked for us. And yes. I just want to throw that out there because I know that a lot of queer people can't relate to this conversation. Like, a lot yeah. of people can't, won't ever be able to own a home. Yeah. Um, so I want to own up to that.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, but can I, can I go back to the yeah, children back. now? Yeah. I love
0: <laughs> them. I
1: love kids. And um, I, the fact that we can time them so well, mm-hmm. you and I, the f- well,
0: <laughs> can. The fact that we have to time them. <laughs> Um, yeah, we can't just drink a beer and have a baby.
1: Oh wow, way to <laughs> way to throw some people under the bus. Um, is I feel like for us it it might push it back farther for us, and it also yeah. <clears throat> um uh, makes me fear waiting too long mm-hmm. because you know financially that's gonna be. Uh, Hurdle.
0: right we Super we have decided hurdle. that we don't want kids until we both have full-time jobs
1: yeah and we want to um have a biological child um hopefully yeah yeah and so that's gonna cost a buttload of money too and so yeah. um, facing this as a queer person um sort of i don't know it makes me really mad that I have to think about it so hard.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I have a friend who's kind of in a similar situation. She's in the same year as the PhD program as me. Um, she got married to her husband only two months, less than two months before I got married. Before we got married. Yeah. And um, And... <laughs> To yourself, right? We were talking, like, when is the best time for us to have kids? And she was just like, you know what? I'll probably try and wait till my postdoc. But, you know, if it happens sooner, it'll happen. Like, I'm never – like, if it happens today, it would be fine. Like, for her, like, she can prefer to have it during a postdoc. But, like – She's also like, but it could happen earlier. And if that yeah. happens, that's okay. And yeah. it's a very, like, I kind of won that carefree attitude. Me too. Because sometimes I think that when I sit there and I plan, okay, I'm going to have a child in 2019. We're going to be homeowners by 2025. And then we're going to have another child in 2027. This is so not our top line, by the way. <laughs> um,
1: is that your planning makes, voice? Yeah, <laughs> that's my planning
0: voice. Really weird. Um, it just starts to make me even more anxious about it. And then I'm like, it would be so easy to just constantly push it back and push it back and push it back and then never have a kid. Yeah. Like some. I want to have an accident.
1: Yeah. And me I can't. Too. We can't. Ugh. You're gonna make me so sad that we have to quit recording for a hot minute. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> and then like I need more experience with children and I don't know. It's just – So we're going out of the country to meet my family that lives out of the country, obviously. Um, And one of my cousins just had a a kid. So cute. I had this dream last night, and this is why I'm sharing it now. Oh, gosh. Because I had this dream that they're, like, theoretically okay with me being queer. Like, my parents came out to them for me without my consent, which was a totally a weird situation. Um, and they, like, like posts on Facebook, but they've never – I haven't been back to where they're from, yeah, where they live, since before I came out, partially because I've been really scared too. This so first year I'm going back. I'm bringing KT, my very genderqueer partner, um, and I really want to spend time – Wish guys. Yeah. Wish me luck. And I really want to spend time with this kid. And more context, this country is not the most LGBT-friendly country in the world. um. But I really want to spend time with my nieces and nephews, and I had this dream last night that I was told to not touch their child. Oh, that's, te- that's terrible. I know. Oh. And, like, I've suddenly, like... Why didn't you I'm tell so me that? Like, I'm just, like, so worried that they're going to see me, and then, like, suddenly they're they're only okay with me being queer at a distance, and I'm not going to be able to spend time with their kid. And, like, I... Their kid Ugh. is so cute, and I just... I just wanna hold it and make it yeah. happy and make it smile and
1: make it laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, and up and... Exactly. Burp. <laughs> Burp it out, buddy. Burp it out. <laughs> I it just it's kind of this anxiety that I have sometimes still when I have friends or family who have kids and still that predatory queer person thing where they yeah. don't want us to be around their kids. Yeah. And I worry about that for when we get an adoption. Will, you know, a family be okay with not just the fact that we are assigned the same gender at birth, but the fact that KT is very visibly gender queer.
1: Yeah. Um it just
0: it makes me worry. Mm -hmm. and like it's the same thing with buying a house because so much of buying a house based off of what i watched on property brothers seems to be if the owners like the people who are buying the house and (laughs) will we fall in love with a house that has homophobic owners that are selling it and
1: if this is true we will find a realtor and we will force it
0: yeah (laughs) i mean it's just there's all these extra little worries that we are privileged enough to have to think about that I wish I didn't have to worry about. And I just want a baby in a home. I yeah. just want a baby in a home, a home that I can decorate in the queerest of ways with a huge ass buffy poster. Oh my You gosh. know, like stereo system so I can listen to Angel Hayes and be as gay as possible while holding my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the heterosexist society is putting it in the way, putting that dream out of reach for me right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: How else? do you feel? I feel like I really want a kid. I feel like I need to speak closer to the microphone. Oh. <laughs> but um,
1: anything else you have to add about adulthood? About adulting?
0: Adulting, just in general, why it's hard. Uh, also, the whole, like, coming out thing is hard all the time. Yeah. Just being an adult in a professional setting, like, you use they, them, theirs pronouns. Yeah. And, like, at the get academic get-together on Monday, like, it was this whole dynamic of... When to introduce with pronouns, when not to introduce with pronouns. Who's an ally, who's not, and yeah. for the most part, I feel like because we went with a couple of friends who are very, very good allies, and they're actually good allies. And I feel weird saying that because I don't really compliment people on their allyhood. No, so yeah. I felt a lot better with the pronouns and that with you, but it's it's hard.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other part that's hard about adulting for me is learning how and when it's appropriate to not adult yes um that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with being queer no it doesn't
0: but i have to i like i didn't adult this morning and i had to be okay with that yeah mostly because i couldn't like not i couldn't adult i was physically able mentally able to adult but i didn't want to adult yeah it's okay to not adult
1: yeah yeah, we're going to be kids forever, but we're going to have to figure out when it's appropriate to really let loose. And, yeah, I think I'm just in this space where I feel pulled towards my childhood still, and I pull, feel pulled towards <clears throat> being, mm-hmm. uh, ha- just having all these, like, professional, you know, nose-in-the-air behaviors. Right. And
0: I'm just like, no. And now I'm suddenly thinking because I am the more like heady, what if person of this relationship, thinking about marriage equality and how growing up in a place where we knew our relationship would end in marriage and whether or not this has let us conform more to the typical like American dream society because now we can get married. Let's also own a home and have two kids and a chicken in the oven kind of deal. (laughs) Um, And so now I'm thinking about that and I really wonder what that's going to be like and – there's this whole conformity, non-conformity debate in the queer community, and I have no opinion on it. I just no, say, I do really what care. you want. Yeah, I don't care. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, we married young, and we probably conform a lot.
1: Oh, we conform a buttload, sweetheart. I'm telling you I know. right now.
0: But, like, I want my home, and I want my house, and I want my children.
1: And I want my cats.
0: I want my, like, I want to constantly queer my life, even if it seems from the outside to be a very, like, conform to the heterosexist ideal like,
1: yeah.
0: you know like that's what i think about a lot too like not yeah. losing my queerness a lot, not losing my identity and obviously that's really hard when i'm married to you um <laughs> and doing the research that i do but this identity is something i care about a lot and i value a lot and i wanted to always be super salient to me
1: yeah and i think um the reason you're having that little crisis right now is mm-hmm. because lately we have been so busy mm-hmm both of us in our own um, lives that we have we haven't really been queer other than being who we are. Right, we haven't done anything specifically queer, you know, other than what's happening in the news. Nothing yeah. really. All our friends queer are doing finals, yeah,
0: like, we haven't even had like good like chosen family time, like good queer family time, yeah, um, and we obviously just moved and that was so much more integrated into our lives I think where we lived previously that mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of taking me back that I've spent more time with straight people lately than queer people yeah and well, I mean not I thought I don't
1: love these people like I love my straight just, friends
0: they're cool too but like know. there's something
1: there's something about feeling like you can say anything in right in front of your
0: and people understand what thing. it yeah. means yeah alright are we done with that topic I think so. Okay. I, don't I want think to that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just even more terrified of adulthood. I'm gonna to continue to have a crisis. About Peter Pan forever. Woo! fun. <laughs> okay. Ready for our next segment?
1: Yeah, I sure am. We are talking about sex ed, or the lack thereof,
0: or sometimes the inefficiency of, depending on the program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of complexities in sexual education.
1: Thank you, <laughs> Professor Not Yet Nat. You're welcome. All right, so give me the gritty details. What exactly are we talking about?
0: Um, sexual education as a whole... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you just say that? <laughs> How sexual education does not help LGBT people. As a whole, it doesn't help reduce HIV because it doesn't address gay people in abstinence-only education, which I think is the most recent study. Obviously, does not help reduce races, races (laughs) rates of HIV. Also. Where the hell do queer people learn how to have sex? And maybe we'd all be having better sex and safer sex if we ever got taught safe sex. And maybe it would also normalize relationships and sexual relationships and emotional relationships if we had comprehensive sexual education.
1: Why are we so, like, obsessed with being normal today? This seems like a theme, like a minor theme (laughs) in each of
0: these segments. We just want to be normal! (laughs) Treat us as equals! (laughs) Uh yes. But yeah, so sex education. It currently ignores LGBT people. Um the only sex education that's been applied to LGBT people is abstinence, which is not effective at um anything. Reducing rates of STD or SDIs and HIV. Um That's what I said. Anything. Yeah, anything. <laughs> that I was effective. trying to be It's not effective at anything. And so what can we do about it? How do we this is a genuine question I have both academically and casually. What what are we doing? Where are we learning sex ed? Where can we create better sources of sexual education for younger queer people? Like where who who's going to be the mentors of sexual education for these queer youth?
1: I mean, I can tell you where I learned what I learned about sex.
0: Where did you learn what Born. you learned about sex? That seems like a terrible place to it's learn. It's an
1: extremely terrible place. Yeah, I don't recommend it.
0: <laughs> um but um like I don't even know where I learned about sex exactly and like where? the thing is I love cunnilingus oh right like gosh. when we first met and we started to have sex like the first thing I wanted to do was like let me go down on you you know kind of deal I don't even know I'm where sorry, I learned
1: Mom. I'm sorry I'm sorry
0: <laughs> I don't even know where I learned that like where did I learn my techniques like what where not like techniques like my tongue does special shit but like (laughs) one day i just like for me it seems like one day i didn't know what a dental dam was and the next day i did yeah and one day like i had no idea that you could put your mouth down there and the next day i was like yes (laughs) so it's just weird for me that i feel like i mean i am an educated person when it comes to sexual health but yeah. I have no idea where I got this knowledge from. I feel like I just, like, osmosed it from, like, the internet. <laughs> you osmosed it? <laughs> yeah. And there's some really shitty information on the internet. Yeah. And so, like, this probably isn't the best avenue to teach people sex ed. No. Um, I
1: know that my sex education class was, like, a week in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. and um, More than what I had.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, gosh, that's terrible. I didn't have any
0: sex ed um, ever.
1: I... Um, almost was one of those kids where their parent would not sign the paperwork to. Are you serious? I know. I, I mean, but then I'm I'm I but then I brought but... it to my mom and oh, she yeah. and she was like, "Oh, that is that thing, duh," and she mm-hmm. signed it. But somebody almost made me the uncool kid <coughs> I to sit in the library and write a book report about some other other thing. Anyway, and not well. It wasn't mm-hmm. even helpful anyway because obviously. It was it very was heterosexual ex- and very abstinence yeah. oriented. Exactly. Um so yeah, there was that. And after that, I don't remember learning anything about sex
0: um in a formal way. Right. We've taught each other some stuff. Yeah. Like I've taught you some stuff about on lingus and you've taught me some stuff about like penetration like we've taught each other things yeah but where did it more, come from yeah and i think that's also more natural in the sense of like we're just in bed like to- talking about what we like yeah. and then like the tips just filter in but i have no idea where I, like i learned these things
1: yeah or how you how we did anything Like, yeah, that is so strange, isn't it? Right.
0: And then I, like, am curious about people where other people have learned it. And I'm suddenly not as much shocked by the extremely high rates of STIs. Yeah. Then there's also this weird thing that comes along with the fact that a lot of young uh, queer men don't think that HIV and AIDS is a risk to them anymore. Yeah. And it's just, like, they're, like, all these terrible things brewing, and I just want my queer babies to be, like taught a comprehensive sex education and this includes you know telling people that asexuality is a thing and that they're not abnormal if they don't feel
1: a yeah, certain amount
0: of you know sexual attraction because that fucked me up for a while
1: yeah yeah and it made me sort of um I don't know I guess. Not understand others right. when when you know they were like no I don't have as much drive as you and I was like oh my god is there something wrong with me yeah um,
0: there's like we we honestly need something that talks about the spectrum of sexual attraction from being sex repulsed to wanting sex all the time. And the way to, like, manage all this stuff in a healthy way and the way to communicate with your partner when you can be like, I don't have a sex drive right now. And the other partner is like, well, I really do. And how to communicate that and resolve that tension. Yeah. And talking about mutual masturbation even. I'll give my advisor a shout out for that. And talking about <laughs> safe sex and gloves and dental dams and condoms and lubricants and silicone lubricants are used for different things and water lubricants are used for different things. And there's so much sexual education and so much communication that we aren't teaching. And we've created this culture where sex is such an inherent part of relationships, which sucks for people who are asexual, but also sucks because we're creating more unhealthy relationships because we never talk about the sexual component of it. Even though sexual chemistry can be a really important part. Yeah. (sighs) Whoa. I have a lot of feelings about this. (laughs) I was teaching a class, a women's health class, and I decided to do my last half of the lecture on specifically sexual education for women who have sex with other women. Um, No one had ever heard any of this stuff before. And I got asked a question at the end Do you think LGBT comprehensive sexual education should be taught in schools? And I said, yes because duh Uh, and then she asked me do you think it'll get passed and I was like well I'm I'm not a politician and that question has really stuck with me because I'm like I think it should get passed but I have no power to do anything about it I can Mm -hmm. talk till I'm blue in the face about comprehensive sex education but like sometimes teaching people at 18 in college is too late
1: yeah no what do you mean sometimes it's a a lot of the times Mm -hmm. I'm not saying most um, or all but a lot a lot of the times Um, often it is too late,
0: right? Um, And it's so bad that like this culture we live in where this queer pervert culture we live in is so salient that I'm like, oh my god I don't want people to think that I'm like trying to teach five-year-olds about sex when I'm talking about this yeah, like I get that uneasiness every time I talk about LGBT comprehensive sexual education because of this perverse shit that they've taught me this internalized stuff I still haven't worked all the way through the agenda, yeah, but I'm like we need to talk communication. We need to talk consent. We need to talk how LGBT people have sex, too, in schools. Mm-hmm, yeah. If we can talk about vaginas and penises and heterosexual cisgender sex, then we can talk about yeah, queer sex. Yeah, we can sex. talk about
1: penetration, we can talk about all types of penetration. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just – it's a hard topic to even talk about for me mm-hmm. just because – you know, I've I've also been taught to be ashamed and to be embarrassed about it. Yeah. Even talking about it now, I'm just like, oh, gosh, I hope somebody that I know doesn't, you know, listen to this or right. whatever. <clears throat> and why should I feel that way? I mean, we all know that, um, you know, humans are physical, intimate beings, or they can be yeah. if they want to be. Why are we so scared to talk about how to be safe? Yeah, in in that space. I or mean, how to a- make
0: your other partner feel good too? Like, it's not just about being safe. It's also about quality of sex.
1: Well, I, you know, I don't even care about that. I, I agree know. with you. I mean, quality, quality, mm-hmm. quality, quality, quality control. <laughs> yeah, um, but. I I don't even, I don't even care about that as much as, because I feel that that will follow.
0: Right, you're right, you're right. If
1: good communication and And safety. safety is taught.
0: Yeah, and then, like, it's not that hard to teach that alongside you don't have to have sex if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not wrong for not having sexual attraction. Yeah. Like, there was this movement of sex positivity for a while that was really, really fucked up in the sense that it was like, you are going to get over everything and you're going to have so much more fun if you just have sex all the time. Uh, And there was – it was more nuanced than that. But a lot of it really erased asexuality and people who were sex repulsed, but are not comfortable with um, sex in the same way. And I think it's really important that when we talk about comprehensive sex education, it also talks about people who do not want to have sex. Yeah. I mean, because that's –
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we should – get back on this topic because we're going to have mm-hmm. to wrap up uh, the episode soon but I, f- I feel like we just in general like surface area touched mm-hmm. on um, on sex ed and maybe, maybe sometime in the future we'll talk yeah. about uh, it in a more nuanced way but today I think it's enough to just say it's a
0: thing what the heck <laughs> and we're frustrated that it doesn't exist I would really like to do part two especially on asexuality and survivorship
1: yeah for sure we can do that
0: high five yeah So snaps for? Yeah, definitely. I think I know who your snaps are for. Do you want to share? Yes, my snaps
1: today are for um, two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in for two. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I'm stealing all the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one of my snaps are for our cat Pong. Meow. That's not him, <laughs> but it was him earlier. Um, I don't know. this is gonna sound like on the playback but i fully expect to hear some meow just because he was hungry he was having a moment and so yeah snaps for pong um just so people Mm -hmm. can know how adorable and domesticated we are, are we have two cats and it their names are ping and pong and
0: like ping pong
1: balls. Yeah. Okay. I think they can get that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So ping and pong. So thank you, pong, for, um, uh, being our special guest on this episode. Mm-hmm. And my other snaps, um, today are for I just recently watched an interview, um, with um, the front singer, uh, from a punk rock band that I have talked about before, um, on here called against me and I watched an interview uh, done with Laura Jane grace um the trans front uh singer trans woman yes uh yes trans woman but she's the front she's the she's the singer yeah 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 um and I just I really um first of all I thought the interview was just done very well and very respectfully but also um snaps for how um Open and honest, she was about everything, and and just unapologetic, um, about her story being messy and long, long, and and you know, human, and and it it was cool. So yeah,
0: very cool. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Who were your snaps for? <sighs> for what? So I have a really hard time, um, but I have. S- you know, with what? With thinking of these snaps, because oh. there are people I want to give these snaps to, but I, you know, I have to give them snaps at a distance. But in general, I'm giving snaps to queer people who are willing to share their lives and their lived experiences mm-hmm. um, with friends, family, with academics, which is the perspective I'm coming from. I've heard a lot of really interesting stories lately, and I've been very thankful to be a part of that. But I really want to give my snaps to you. Oh, goodness gracious, why? I've just been really proud of KT lately. Um, they've been working really hard, doing that grind thing. Um, they really took a lot of moments of self-reflection and looked at what they wanted out of life and what they enjoyed in life. And to see that just willingness to like work harder and enjoy more has been really inspiring to me
1: just so cute
0: thanks but yeah snaps to kt they're doing a really good job of living their authentic self even though i'm sure it's scary for them sometimes
1: thanks all right well we got to get out of here before both of us start crying so <laughs> so yeah hopefully next week we'll come at you with some more light-hearted
0: stuff or yeah um, maybe we keep promising that you know. and it just Sometimes it doesn't really happen. We'll we'll bring Pong back on and have him do a oh, little yeah. Meow-a-dee? <laughs> like a melody, but a meow-a-dee. <laughs> You're know the worst. I know.
1: Anyway, I uh, hope everyone has a good week and thanks for stopping by and listening. Yeah,
0: tweet us, email us.